What's up, creatives? This podcast is for you. We know all too well when you're just getting started, comparing yourself and doubting yourself is all too common. On the Just Getting Started podcast, we're bridging the gap between new and seasoned creatives. We do that by providing insight into each other's journeys, creative processes, resources, and more. We're all in this together and have more in common than you think. We thank you for tuning in because your ears could be occupied elsewhere. What's up, people? How y'all doing today? We have another episode for you. And today we have Mr. Logan Blake in the building. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Week seven. Let's go. (laughs) Week seven, right? Out of 10. So how are you feeling with that? Are you feeling stressed out? Are you feeling like level? Where are you at? Um, I think the past three to four weeks have really kind of hit hard. Yeah. but I can start to see the sun through the clouds a little bit. Um, Every time I work on a project and get a little bit closer and make some progress on it, it's like a small victory that I need. It's like, yes, let's keep going. Definitely have to celebrate those small victories because we do a lot here. So Logan, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So I'm a graphic designer. Um, When I joined the circus, I did the interactive design program. So We get into a lot of UX design. That's been one of my favorite things to work on so far. And then I like logos and branding. That's one of the things that I would say is probably a forte of mine. And then one of my weird off skills is photography and (laughs) digital editing. Yeah, your logos are very strong. Um, We saw a peek at those today. Is your portfolio live? It is live. It is live. Go ahead and share it. Right it's got a uh, under construction page caveat. So when you open it up, it's like, hey, it's not done yet. It's fine. It's still wonderful work to look at. So if somebody wants to look at your work, what website can they go to? They can go to loganblakedesign.com. Easy enough. <laughs> so what made you decide to pursue a career in a well, creative career? So I got out of high school. I joined the military and went to basic training, came back and it was like, okay, now I got to go to college. Um, Didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew I loved photography, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how I could turn that into something professional. So I looked into marketing and a couple other fields, but ultimately I really liked making things. So I settled on graphic design because I figured I can use photography and design. And that was my, you know, 19 year old, very simplistic view of what the field Mm -hmm. was at the time. But, um, you know, it kind of went from there and I just found a passion for it. That's cool. I just laughed because you said I settled on graphic design and like looking at your work. I'm like, are you sure to settle? Yeah. (laughs) How dare you undermine? (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm, I wasn't really, um, I guess when I say settled, it wasn't like, oh, I guess I'll do it. It was Mm -hmm. just kind of the pressure of when you go to college and they're like, oh, you're undeclared. You got to figure something out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't a shot in the dark, but it was just kind of like an intuitive choice of, okay, I think I can make this work. Mm -hmm. And I, there's a lot here that I like doing. Um, I could see myself doing it professionally and developing that skill. So I guess this is kind of like a two-part question. I guess we'll see. So I feel like that you have your bachelor's in graphic design, right? Yes. Okay. So how do you feel like that was incomplete or that you needed more to the point where you had to go to portfolio school? It really started with my first job. I had a really rough first job experience. Uh, 
I went to school in Troy, uh, Troy University in Troy, Alabama. It's like an hour south from Montgomery. It was a good school and I really um, made some good connections with my mentors. And I was one of the few that actually got out of college and got a job pretty quick working in the field. So I was very young and enthusiastic and had that energy and was ready to go. But my first job was at a law firm and I was doing marketing and events for them and designing all of like their signage and whatever else they would need. But it was a really tough work environment. One thing that really made me realize I needed to come to the circus was when I tried to move on after working there for two years, I went to Pittsburgh and I started interviewing for a couple jobs there. Mm -hmm. And the two and a half years I had spent at this law firm doing all sorts of work and, you know, just kind of keeping my head down. Um, it really hadn't progressed me in my career any further, like the job offers or the interviews I was, was getting was still entry level. And it really, um, you know, put a fear in me, a very deep seated fear that, you know, the rest of my life could be very much a struggle if I didn't get more competitive. Wow. So being that you've, you're in your seventh quarter at the circus, do you, well, clearly looking at your work is <laughs> beneficial, but well, how do you feel you. about your choice that you decided to attend the portfolio school? Um, from the time I discovered what the circus was and read their website, it was just so brilliantly marketed because it was like, Hey, I bet this happened to you and now you're on our website. And then this is what we provide. And it was just so clever. It was just like, they know me. They know my story. This is where I belong. I wonder if that was a copywriter that did that. Yeah. Basically. They were um, speaking straight to you. <laughs> and then Chris, uh, we know he's had a lot to do with the circus site. So a lot of mm -hmm. his voice kind of comes out now that I know him a lot better in like, Hey, I bet you worked a sucky job and you're trying to move on and you couldn't. And now you're freaking out. And it was yes, like, yes. Hey, that's me. Um, so from the very first time I discovered the circus, I was all in and I pitched it to my parents. It's like, Hey, um, I'm okay. I've come up with this plan though. And it's going <laughs> to sound a little weird. So just, I just want to let you guys know I'm fine, but I'm, I'm working it out. And they were like, okay. And yeah, so no, my journey here at the circus, it's been wonderful and I've never looked back. Uh, I feel like it's provided me the network I need. It's mm -hmm. provided me, um, it's filled in all of the gaps where even though I had a good education, there were a lot of things that I just hadn't developed the skill enough to do. Um, and, you know, doing it on your own and trying to figure out how to do it on your own is really tough. Uh, but the circus has really kind of filled that deficit and it's put me in touch with people that I hope to uh, continue working with in the future. Yeah. So, Logan, hindsight 2020, what would you like people to know who are also just getting started? Um, yeah. So hindsight 2020, I would say if you're in the creative field and you're struggling, you're trying to move up, I would say, remember why you got into this. Remember that you could lose the things that you've never had if you just give up. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, if you never put yourself out there or try or go and take that next step, it's going to be really difficult. So think about what you want. Don't let anything stand in your way and don't let anyone tell you that you can't.
I love that. Yeah, you summed that up perfectly. I know. That should be on a t-shirt front and back. (laughs) (laughs) It's very you branded. And last week we spoke with Devin and she said something sort of similar to me that to me they relate, but I love the way that you sum that up too. It's like what you could have, like thinking about the potential instead of like how hard it is now. Well, especially if you do everything you're told for 18 years, go to university for four years, graduate, and then the best you can get with that is entry level. Um, you know, it really, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like Like I said, I mean, it really put a fear into me and it really made me look in the mirror and it was like, what do I want out of life? And the things I wanted is just what the average person I think would want, but it's much harder to obtain. So yeah, you really stand to lose a lot that you never even had. If you just give up, that's a very hard prospect. Getting to know you and your work ethic throughout the time, our time at the circus, because we started at the same time, it all makes so much more sense now. You've always impressed me with like how much you come in every week and you're always on top of it. You're always professional. Um, I'm also a good bullshitter, I'm told. So, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. No doubt on that. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I like to pretend I'm a comedian sometimes. Yeah. Well, you are. You are pretty funny. But also, people will just let you talk and like bullshit and and it all makes sense. Right. It's just not That's fair. It makes sense. How does your bullshit make sense? So I don't think <laughs> I don't think you guys had color theory with me, but this is the one example that stands out. We had to do like thumbnail sketches for our cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jackie, I remember this is when she told me, she's like, you know, you're really good at bullshitting. But she said it in the most complimentary Jackie way. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. But uh, so she like did all these comps, these sketches, and they were so detailed and so thought out. I mean, like you could have just taken it in the illustrator, auto traced and been done with it. Almost. I mean, they were that good. And mine were just like lines and scribbles and like, (laughs) and it wasn't that I hadn't put any thought into it, but I was really just ready to get in the computer and get my idea down. (laughs) Yeah. I I was very minimal. And, uh, the teacher was looking at him was like, Oh, okay. So, um, explain this. And then I went into this long, like this line represents, uh, and, I had my whole concept thought out. That was for the record album. And I was like, I want Was it Emily? Was she your teacher? It was Emily. Did she buy it? She She did. She bought into it. She's like, you know what? (laughs) I'm totally excited to see this. I'm shocked. And uh because she's hard to impress. She was hard to impress. Yeah. And after that pitch, uh, I think it was probably more the pitch than it was my visuals. But after the pitch, she's like, you know, I'm really excited to see this. And Jackie was like, you know, you're really good at bullshitting. And that's a really useful skill. (laughs) Maybe something you can give a a seminar on. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you know what direction you're going in and you, you have thought things out, I do like to... That's a part of what inspires me creatively is pitching my ideas to other people and... Um, getting people as excited about the things I'm passionate about. I have uh, a famous thing that I tell people has to do with Cheesecake Factory. You go to Cheesecake Factory. If you get a piece of cheesecake to go, they bring you a really small piece. 
If you ask them to bring it to the table, you get a really big piece. And if you don't even take a bite out of it and just ask for a box as soon as they bring it to the table, then they're like, okay. Right. But they're the same price. <laughs> so my point in that is, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is. It's one of those things when I figure it out, it's like, hey, I want everyone to have as much fun as I have or, you know, be as enthusiastic as I am about certain things. So, yeah, even though sometimes my sketches are a little scribbly, it's the final product. And it's like, look, this is I had this in my head the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating, too, because it's hard to follow you when you because I mean, I guess we say bullshit. You guys flatter me. Well, <laughs> we shouldn't. But. <laughs> my head's big enough. <laughs> but we say bullshit, but like. The work's there. The the quality's there. Yeah, the so, proof is literally I mean, in the pudding. So it's not it's not fake bullshit. It's like bullshit, but you know it has meaning. If, is that if that's, yeah? If that's even possible. But yeah, that's what you do. Well, it's a process. I mean, like it's where you want to spend more of your time, and especially with a chaotic environment like the circus, where you have one ass. And instead of being able to whole ass one thing, you have to cut that ass in little slices. <laughs> Okay, I heard that correctly. I was like, "Who's he taking this?" Yeah. Was, never mind. I'm not even. I think ask. I'm still confused. Was it ass like ass or ask ass? No ass. Like you can't even half ass things at the circus. <laughs> There's no half assing because if you're half assing, you're not doing enough. Like you have to like cut the ass into slices. Oh wait. <laughs> so. Like, <laughs> With cutting the asses into slices. <laughs> you got a whole ass one thing. You got a piece of that ass. You got a piece of that ass. So, seventh quarter. I'm sure that you have run into some obstacles. So, what is your biggest fuck up as far as producing work and what have you learned from it? Hmm. Um... That many, huh? <laughs> You know, it's really weird. I don't like trends, but when it comes to things like one thing I've noticed is I'm not old, but as I get older, <laughs> I'm more affected by time changes in the wintertime. Um, like when the sun goes down earlier and that really like will put a damper on my mood and my energy. And I never really paid much mind to it. And then especially in the creative industry, we hear it all the time, imposter syndrome. Right. It's one of those esoteric things is like, does it really exist? But it really is one of those things that can be um, very mentally hard to get over, especially when you need to be productive and you need to keep moving and keep management of, of all your time. So I would say it's probably a lot of that. And then like where life seeps in and then worrying about the future and outcomes and such. But um, one example I would say recently that's kind of gotten me more excited is with the trademarks and the logos that I've done. Once I was able to actually lay all that out and put the work together and see it and then put it on the website in a format that was visually explained the process that I was trying to show. Um, like I said earlier, it was like one of those small victories and it got me so excited. And it's like, you know what? I can do this. And I will say it was probably the first time um, this whole quarter where my, where a switch went off and it says, you know what? You're going to be fine. You're going to do this. 
Well, you are going to be fine. Um, I know we normally talk about this towards the end, but I feel like that's the perfect segue. Like you currently have an internship, correct? Yes, I have an internship with GSDNM in Austin, Texas. I am a UX assistant. How's that going for you? How do you like it? It is going wonderful. Um, <laughs> everybody there has been super nice and very helpful. Uh, all the projects I'm working on. It's very interesting to see kind of comparing the circus has a very specific process in a way that it really instills discipline in you as a creative. Um, and it's very interesting to see how that translates over into an agency environment. And I will say um, the translation is that like, I'm really not that stressed out with the work I'm doing, even though there's a lot of work mm -hmm. and it's just because it's kind of an ongoing process of, um, pitch, idea, concept, revision, um, you know, repeat, you, you're constantly going through design and iterations and, um, okay, what about this? And okay, what about this? And it is a very incremental process, but it's so fun and it's just a great company. I'm really excited for, cool. yeah, you know, I'm what comes next. That. Yeah. I'm happy for you that you like it. Yeah. Are there any projects that are your favorite that you can talk about? Yeah. So right now, um, I've worked a little bit with Pizza Hut. They have the Air Force and the Space Force as their clients right now, and they're doing a lot of cool work for them. Um, and then one thing they're doing internally that's been the most interesting and in-depth thing I've worked on is they're looking to kind of rebrand and push themselves out there in a way that changes their visual identity and brings more interest to the company. So seeing them go through the Figma files and reprototype their website and experiment with different colors, fonts, and it's, it's just a big branding exercise uh, that's tied in with UX and all of these other facets. It's been so interesting. So I've been working on redesigning their slide deck. We've been working on rebranding their intern program. Mm -hmm. for, they have a summer intern program that they want to roll out. So just seeing how all of these elements work together and then what all of our teachers and mentors say, working within a brand is a very essential skill. And it's one that, um, is really being reinforced with my internship. Mm -hmm. Sounds like this is the perfect time for you to join them because you were mentioning earlier how you want to go into branding. I certainly hope so. Uh, nothing is guaranteed. They've extended me from uh, the week before Thanksgiving, so next week into December. Um, so that's hopeful and they, they want to keep me around. It's kind of has to do with like hiring cycles in the creative industry and, you know, when they can make new positions. But yeah, me and the two other interns that are working there right now, we've all enjoyed collaborating with each other. We've all enjoyed working with the creative leadership and the different teams they have there. So we're very hopeful for um, after these holidays kind of get through that we can perhaps stay on permanently. So Working in a professional environment and also going through school, I can't imagine you haven't been, haven't experienced a moment of feeling unmotivated or feeling stuck. So do you have any like tips or tricks of like what you like to do or any special things you like to do uh, to get unstuck? Yeah. Um, I would say my 
secret to success is uh, drinking water. And then... (laughs) (laughs) That's a PSA for everyone right now. Drink your water. (laughs) Hydrate. This is a threat. Um, No, but like do something physical. My thing, I like to go to the gym. I like to go for a run at the park. I'll go and kickbox for an hour. Um, And the reason I do that, it's like the exact opposite kind of activity and uses a completely different part of your brain where you don't even have to think. Um, And I just love being able to kind of flip that switch and take a break. It's really one of the most um, rejuvenating activities for me where okay, I've been looking at this too long. I need to get up. I need to move. I need to just turn my mind off. And it's kind of like a a meditation almost, but it's a healthy outlet. It's a good distraction, putting yourself under physical stress and ignoring the mental stress. And then once you are done, then you're all like, yeah, I did that. And nothing seems insurmountable anymore. So the stress is there, but you changed it from creative stress to physical stress. And then you go back to the creative stress. No, that's exactly what I do. It is. That's exactly what I do. Um, I work out with Zeke a lot. Zeke's from like day one, we hit it off. But, um, you know, like uh, when we're doing our reps and stuff, a lot of that stress I'm feeling, I will push into the reps and it really does help. And I think that's a learned skill. I don't think everyone can do that, but being able to channel your frustration in that way it is when you don't have any other means or time, it really is one of the most efficient ways to get unstuck. Cause then you come back, you sit down, um, you get a clear head and, and the creative process is so chaotic. I mean, this is the most frustrating thing, but I think we're all like plagued by this just by the nature of being creative. But those 3 a.m. ideas in the witching hour <laughs> and I have to keep a pen and sticky notes by my bed so I can. Is that you too, Alex? You're, <laughs> you're shaking your head like, do you keep like pen and paper by your bed too? I should, but I don't. I don't like, either. I, sleep, I just want to come the back. whole night. <laughs> Once or twice I had that like, okay, I'm going to remember this in the morning. And then I wake up in the morning and it's like, okay, I remember that I was supposed to remember something. (laughs) But what is it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can imagine that's very therapeutic. And we do a lot of all nighters and stuff at the circus. And it's it's rough. But, uh, you know, I do put a lot of emphasis on. Yeah, both my physical routine and then sleep schedule. I like to avoid all-nighters if I can. And at this point where we've been going for two years at the circus, I find that it's... I'm much more productive once I get sleep, even if it's, you know, four or five hours and I wake up and I start all over again and it's just kind of like hitting the reset button. So sometimes it kind of depends. I'll have to gauge it based on the project and how much I have to do and how much time do I have. But I've really found that that's another way is really not skipping out on sleep. Like you can afford time to sleep. Definitely. Yeah. I had to learn that the hard way. I'm pretty sure a lot of service students or just portfolio students in general quarter one was extremely stressful to the point where I was not sleeping, staying up 24 Mm -hmm. hours, all of that. But sleep is very beneficial, just number one, to your wellness, and number two, to your creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't want you walking around delirious like a zombie. So get your sleep and drink your water. Yeah, those those poster projects. (laughs) And get active. (laughs) Yeah. 
those poster projects, I would watch the sunset and then watch it rise. Oh, you mean the ones you cheated on? <laughs> cheated. <laughs> I measured twice and I cut once. I have PTSD from that, so I'd rather not talk about the cut paper posters. <laughs> um, because the ones that I did are completely different than the ones you guys did. I would rather do... Oh, did you do, like, the... The maximalist. The one, oh you were gosh. here during that era. Yes, I was. Yeah. It wasn't with the guru of it. I forgot her name. I should know because she just, like... Colleen? Like, no. no like circus royalty. Something with an S. Sylvia. Sylvia, yeah. Oh. I didn't have her. I had Emily for that, but she con- continued the tradition. So, I know at the circus, we're exposed to a lot of different graphic design that we can possibly do career-wise from websites, UX design, branding, packaging. Um, So as far as your future aspirations, what do you see for yourself career-wise? Yeah. um, You know, I like to lead. I like to drive. I like presenting. Um, As much as I like designing, I like showing that off and, you know, convincing people that this is the idea or this is the direction we need to go in. So, um, I could see myself getting into creative leadership in the future. Um, I like volunteering. I like going first. <laughs> but, you know, once I spend some time in the creative industry and, you know, that runs its course, you know, if it does or if I'm just always going to be about the chase, you know, I could see myself wanting to go into teaching and providing some of that mentorship and sharing some of those experiences. I love that for you. <laughs> I love that for you. I also love that for you. I love that for us. <laughs> I can definitely see you doing that. Do you have any like places that you would look into teaching at or are you going to make your own? I don't know. Not at the moment. Um, it's just more of an idea. I, when I was... Future, future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we started at the circus um everybody was kind of on different levels but like you mentioned since i had that degree and that background i actually helped uh tutor a couple people um and it was just one thing that really came easy to me i'm a patient person i can sit down and i know it takes time and you know just having gone through it myself i know that's the kind of teacher that i wanted and Mm -hmm how my mentors were with me. So it's kind of a pay it forward aspect. It's fulfilling. That's so nice. So again, we're in the seventh quarter. So I think by now we all are starting to see our personal styles develop. So how would you describe your design style? Um, I'm very geometric and I have a very vector kind of illustration style that I like. It comes out a lot in my logos and just the fun stuff that I do. Um, But, you know, it translates into a lot of different places as well. Uh, One of my design inspirations is uh, Aaron Draplin. Uh, He's a designer. I have his book. I've seen him speak. He signed my book actually at one of his speaking gigs. But How did you feel? (laughs) um, At that time, I was still very new. So I didn't he wasn't like a superstar or a celebrity celebrity to me. He was just someone that was like, Oh, that was really cool. Let me follow (laughs) this guy. And then, um, you know, it just kind of opened up a world of creativity for me as I went on in college. Uh, fun fact, actually, when I started, I had really no creative background at all. 
And a lot of the other students in my undergrad were well ahead of me or had exposure in design. So college really was me kind of like discovering um, what works and what doesn't. Whereas a lot of people I felt like already had a fine art or an artistic background. So um, it wasn't discouraging, but it was very much a learning curve. And really about the third year into my senior years when things started to click. And that's about the time I uh, also went to go see Aaron Draplin. I've always been kind of outgoing. So I always went to the speaking things of the events that we did. And I had a lot of fun there. So, yeah, I would say seeing him was fun, but like it really crescendoed later on as I began to understand design and the impact and, and different design influences and stuff. I like retro design. I like how the, you like your neon. Yeah, I like my neon signs <laughs> and uh, creating those effects in Illustrator and Photoshop. Um, a big Star Wars fan. One of my favorite movies actually is uh, Tron Legacy. It's kind of my underdog movie. Mm. It came out in 2011 and it flopped, but I just thought it was great. And I love the visual like blending of like art deco and this futuristic style with this digital neon world. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I could, I could live there <laughs> for quite a long time and just, just be like, wow, this place is great. Um, even though it was kind of dystopian, but yeah, all of those things kind of contribute to, it's like my interests bleed into my design and, and so on. Definitely. I feel like, was that type three? Yeah, where we had to recreate or reimagine a city. I feel like that was kind of influenced by your love for Star Wars. And that's really one of my favorite projects of yours. But um, I know you might have a myriad of projects since you also um, have your undergrad in graphic design. But I want to know, as far as the circus, what is your favorite project that you've worked on? That's got to be um, LA Fitness with UX. Mm-hmm. We had UX class with Eric and... That was probably one of the toughest classes that we've taken. And definitely. Yeah. (laughs) When we were in the thick of it, oh man, that was a lot. I love the end result though, but the whole leading up to that, I'm like, what is going on? It was about (laughs) halfway, maybe three quarters of the way through. When again, it, it with me, it's usually like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I freak out. And then all of a sudden it'll just be like riding a bike, a flip, a switch will flip. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun aside, that's actually how I learned to ride a bike. I wasn't getting it for like a year and my dad just gave up and put the bike in the garage. <laughs> and then one day he was cleaning the yard and I didn't want to rake leaves. So I was like, I'm going to try riding a bike. And I just all of a sudden knew how to ride a bike because it just clicked. What? It just needed time to sit there. And that's that's, really weird. It had to marinate. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of my creative process too, is like, I'll get so stressed out about something. That's usually why the gym is a helpful thing for me is because, okay, I just need to stop cold, not think about it, come back and pick it up and I'll find it. I'll find my idea. But back to my favorite project UX. (laughs) So yeah, it was probably about three quarters of the way through when the, when that switch finally flipped and I was like, Oh, and it was during the interviews that we had to do the surveys. Mm-hmm. I started to see that a lot of people were saying the same thing and it wasn't as much a criticism. It was just like, Hey, this feature is really cool. We would like to see this feature 
in several other places mm-hmm. or maybe even expanded on this app because this was really fun and I like the idea. And when I started to kind of get those data points and it was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. It really helped shape the project. Definitely. And every person we've had come to the circus to interview us or to talk with us, um, anyone who's ever come to look at work or online interviews, LA Fitness is always my go-to first project that I show because you have the pro- the project itself, the design, all the research that you did that went into it. It's it's pretty expensive. It's really, you can make people feel like they can see under the hood and mm-hmm. they like to be involved. That's one of my tactics is I like to say, let me show you what I'm working on right now um, and kind of show them that behind the scenes. It gets them invested. Absolutely. And it's impressive too. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone who's looked at it, you have that side by side of the current app versus the one that you created and everyone's been saying that yours is way better so i think you need to pitch that i was just about to say that and get paid because (laughs) no like how it currently looks it's atrocious and it's really not user-friendly hence the ux design Mm -hmm. i can spend the time it takes for me to park and walk up to the gym pulling the app out hitting the button and getting to the page i need to sign in all in like that hundred feet it, it's it's ridiculous. Like you should be able to pull out your phone and it should be right there. Right there yeah. So yeah. Shame on you, LA Fitness. <laughs> do better. Call me. <laughs> do better. <laughs> oh, so this kind of calls back to one of our first questions that we were talking about. But is there anything that shocked you about getting into the creative field that you didn't realize before you did? When I started my undergrad, um, I continue to get more excited because my family, my dad was military and uh, my family, I'm not saying they're like bereft of creativity, but that was just not their area of expertise per se. So it was kind of a bizarre field for them. And it's like, you're going to do what? Oh, okay. Well, what are you going to do with that? I always had their support. It just took them some time to understand what it was I was actually doing. So that was a part of the process was learning like, oh, it's like marketing, but you're actually making the stuff. You're not doing like numbers or statistics or like business marketing. And my dad's like, yeah, when you graduate, you can go get your master's in marketing. And they're two different fields. Um, so explaining that creative process and then like every commercial you see, every brand you buy at the store, there's a designer behind it. And that's a team of designers. A team of designers. People don't realize how much they're surrounded by graphic design. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, I had to tell my dad that I'm a graphic designer. And then he went to show his wife. He not even found me asleep. She's a graphics designer. I'm like, okay, I guess it's close enough, but that's fine. (laughs) That's not the actual title, but that's cool. (laughs) It's just so funny trying to explain it to. Yeah. Okay, whatever. (laughs) I think one of the things that shocked me the most was. That experience I was talking about earlier was, okay, um, for 18 plus years, I've done everything I'm told. Then I go to university. I graduated. I did everything I was supposed to do. Why isn't it working out? So I went to Pittsburgh. I won't tell the whole story again, but like I said, I went to Pittsburgh and I was like, oh, there's an entry level trap here. And to work in the places I want to, it's not a ladder that you have to climb. That's not really how it's structured, but that's kind of what we grow up hearing is, oh, you get the experience and then you just kind of climb up the ladder. No, you really have to 
target what you want and it's really competitive and you have to constantly pursue it. So that was a wake up call for me. That was like my quarter life crisis, but also I would say a, a point where I really matured and there's uh, this analogy, the katana, the famous Japanese sword. It's made by heating, cooling, and folding the metal over a thousand times until you get a sharp and precise blade. So you constantly have to heat the metal until it's red hot, dip it in cold water, and it, t- it does something called tempering the steel. It makes the steel harder. So that was one of those like very tempered steel moments for me where it was like, okay, now I know what direction I'm pointed in. Well, that's cool. You spoke of going after what you want. And again, being that you have your internship experience and you're about to graduate, you really have to consider like your dream job or your ideal job. So considering culture, size and location, what does that look like for you? So like I said, I'm a person who's like kind of very driven in a linear way. So I have like pinpoints. I'm very targeted. Um, I would like to go live in Tennessee or North Carolina even Virginia. Virginia is nice too. Um, Tom Bruce in Tennessee, Martin in Virginia. Um, There's a lot of circus people at Tom Bruce. You can just, there is a lot of circus right people. On in. We just spoke to one. <laughs> and then, um, there's several different places in North Carolina in the Raleigh Durham area. There's Baldwin and, and some others. Those are all places I would be very interested in looking into. Um, I really want to work with GSDM in a more permanent capacity. So if they made me an offer, I would accept it. But uh, yeah, those are kind of the states I'm considering. I think in order to get to those states, I probably have to spend more time in a place like Austin that is larger. And then after I get... So the, you are willing to relocate to Texas? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I've, I'm like half packed up right now. <laughs> not just because I think it's such a sure thing. It's really, it's not. But... Um, I'm willing to relocate anywhere at this point. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm kind of in that creative pursuit. Uh, but I think I'd have to work in a bigger market like Texas in order to get to the smaller markets that would be like Tennessee or North Carolina, as it's been described, you know, by other people I've talked to that's come to the circus and such. But, um, geographically, I would say Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee, I'm, not just picking those places because of the job. I'm picking those places because of the lifestyle. It's a little bit more laid back. There's mm-hmm. a different vibe there. You can find whatever you're looking for, um, low key, but things to do. Like I said, you know, work is one thing, but, uh, you know, what are the things I want out of life? And so one of those things where it really affects like, where do I want to go live? Oh, yeah, for sure. You definitely have to take that into account. Mountains or beach, you know, what do you want out of life? <laughs> that matters. It does. Well, I mean, also, it's you're we're all in a great position because a lot of these jobs are remote. I know you want to be in person or like hybrid. You yes. talked about it before. Um, and I think I agree with that. But I love the freedom of being remote. And finding that inspiration. A lot of people have talked about how they want to travel. And I think that's awesome. Uh, you have that option if you want to. And, you know, GSDNM, Texas, you talked about that for a while too. 
I know that during the pandemic, um, I had a lot of friends that were a little bit older than me. We went to the same school or I had worked with them or uh, all of them like graphic design or in the creative field. And during those times as they were moving in their careers, which it was a hard time for everybody, but there was a big push to go to places like Tennessee or Texas because businesses were doing well there. I mean, they still had COVID policies, but business was starting to relocate to those places. And it was really having a lot of impact on the local cultures and bringing a lot of development to those areas. So that was really one of the early stages that put those places on the map for me in my, in the back of my head is where I'd want to go live. So which one is your top choice? Is it Texas or is it? I would say right now it would be Texas. Okay. Um, just in terms of career progression, I think that would be the best, uh, most thought out. But again, I'm not opposed if, if I did get the offer, I think from what I've been told is that like Tennessee and North Carolina are a little bit smaller markets. Mm -hmm. Um, so to get there, you kind of have to be established in the industry rather than just starting out, which is fine. Well, that's interesting. Um, as a circus student, we have to produce work at an alarming rate. So what is your creative process like to ensure that something is happening quickly to produce that work? I kind of like word dumping. Um, I've gotten much faster at typing a skill everybody <laughs> has, but it's one of those things when I get like energized, I can just like <laughs> on a keyboard and it's really just kind of like rapid fire ideas. Um, and then as I type, my mind will also like be visualizing what it would look like. So it's kind of a simultaneous process. And then I'll immediately kind of get to sketches. I mentioned earlier, I keep sticky notes by my bed. I have sticky notes everywhere. It's a mess, <laughs> but, um, I will do like really quick sketches on everything and they'll look rough, but then I'll refine it and go through that mm -hmm. process and it'll eventually get to where I want to be. And then I'll go in the computer and produce it. And um, I mean, that's concepting is stressful, especially when you have so many ongoing circus projects at the same time. It's always like the first three weeks at the circus is stressful. It's like, I don't know what this quarter is going to look like yet. And that's just the part of it. It's OK. Once you get past that part and you kind of calm down, then visually things start to become more clear. Uh, getting feedback, uh, the teachers and the mentors here, it's always very helpful. And like, what's the strategy? What's the concept? Um, you know, how can you visually flesh this out? Is there enough substance here? And um, then even sometimes in classes like branding with Roger, I'd have an idea that I'd really want to do. And it was the first idea that I'd pitch. And it's like, I really want to do this thing. And he's like, good, because we're not going to do that come up with two other ideas. <laughs> and it's not because it was a bad idea. It's just because it it's a process. Like you need to learn how to think you need right, to learn exactly. like, okay, let's not go with that. Let's say that gets rejected. What now? And that's very much um, agency environment. And from what I've been doing with my internship so far, that's happened and being able to bounce back from that. I feel like it was a skill I had and I was like, okay, no problem. Let's go. Let's do something else. Well, you mentioned the concepting and that's something that's kind of like one of the preliminary things that we have to do as graphic designers. So where do you pull your creative inspiration from to like dive into those um, concepts? 
Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned Aaron Draplin earlier, but there are some other people I follow, other designers I've been to school with. Um, the biggest channel I follow is The Future. They're a good design channel to follow on Instagram? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. They do videos on how to negotiate. Following right now, is yeah. it traditional spelling The Future? Uh, no, it's not. It's F U T R. Gotta ask these things. <laughs> they're more of the business side of design and the creative industry, but they're essential if you're freelancing, you want to know how to negotiate prices. Um, and then people will do this. Like if you're doing a project for them and it's like, okay, I got 50 bucks. And it's just like, oh, um, <laughs> now <laughs> That's what? That's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah. How do you go from there? So they're very helpful, uh, but they also interview other designers and bring people into the circle. But I would use Instagram a lot of the same way that people use Pinterest is eventually it gets to know what I like looking at and designers and stuff. And it will recommend me more things that it's like, oh, how did it know? That's what I was looking for. Or, you know, this is very interesting. I have a whole folder, thousands of photos on my phone of just like screenshots or random pictures I take out in town that just inspire different ideas or like that shape is interesting. I could turn it into a skull or something. Um, so I would say it's kind of a balance between active and passive creativity, mm -hmm. seeing creativity in your normal world and then actively trying to think how you can apply it. Most people have notebooks and things that they write down, but you were talking about having like photos and things like that, that gets jumbled and everything. How do you keep it organized? I don't. Right? Yeah. That's kind of the hard part. Um, especially when it's spontaneous, so, like on my phone, the pictures and stuff I save, it's not very organized, but mm -hmm. it's kind of a chaotic organization. Like when your room's a mess and someone comes in and starts cleaning up and it's like, no, you're going to mess up my system. That's kind of what it's like. <laughs> oh, I understand that completely. The mind of a creative. <laughs> so do you have any hobbies that also spark your creativity? Um, one that comes to mind is uh, fashion. I enjoy dressing nicely. I enjoy color coordinating. It's kind of a way that I like can put color theory into practice every day. Like, yeah, I could just throw on a t-shirt and gym shorts, but I could do better. Like what, what could I do that would be visually interesting or like good color harmonies or, um, high contrast and low contrast. What season is it? And it's just one of those small little things that it, it can be fun to do. And then I like crazy socks. Everyone knows I yeah. <laughs> wear my crazy socks all the time. Your s'mores socks. My s'mores socks. socks. I like boots. I love my boots. <laughs> So you live, breathe, and think design is yeah. what it sounds like. No, that's actually that. um, a I good point. Uh, I love that for you. <laughs> my mentor back in my undergrad taught color theory class. He was most famous for that. He's also the one who said purple doesn't exist. He had a big rant on the color purple. Um, it's because it's technically violet. You can't quantify purple, but that's his rant, not mine. <laughs> Um, but he in color theory had all of these interesting analogies that he would tell us. He would say, you're 50% gray. And when you go home on Thanksgiving and you hang out with your family and your family's all, you know, a little more traditional and 
um, you're a little bit darker compared to them. Cause let's say they're like 20 to 30% gray. And then you go hang out with your friends and they're a little more wild and crazy at the party than you are, uh, because they're like 70 to 80% gray and you're 50% gray. So you can look lighter or darker depending on, you know, who you're standing next to. And then he had this analogy about, um, color coordination and it it sparked an idea that I could like extend that into personal fashion and kind of put that into practice. And it would be a, just a short little exercise in the morning where it's like, I have this shirt, these pants, these shoes, these socks. And, um, it was also kind of a confidence builder. Like when you're in college and you're young, you want to look nice and people tell you, you look nice and then you feel good. So it all, you know, it was just kind of like a positive feedback loop that was a way I could channel creativity and, stand out and, you know, all encompassing. Are there any moments where you deal with burnout? Uh, Do you have any tips and tricks on how to beat that? Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) I definitely get burnt out. That is a thing that happens to me. Um, Yeah. You really just have to take a break. You have to find that activity that you can go do that will give you 30 minutes to an hour pause. Um, you just got to be able to turn it off. I think one of the other things I like doing is cooking. Um, I like trying new recipes. I like cooking, uh, fish, chicken, et cetera, eating healthy, but I can really get lost in the process of making a really good dinner for myself and, just that having be a cathartic activity where I can be creative in another way. I can be creative with this salmon. I can incorporate different flavors. I can make it spicy. I can do what I want. And it's just one of those things. It's just like a complete dead stop and go use a different part of your brain. I love that. And just kind of from our conversation and getting to know you, you, I am seeing a theme where you really live for yourself and you put a lot of effort into it and you make your experience as good as you want it for everyone. And that's what you said earlier. And I love how we we can see that through all our entire conversation today through your life. And I think it's really inspiring. Yeah. I mean, I know who I am and authenticity is important to me. It's not so much vanity or like, how do I appear to other people? But I mean, I want to put my best foot forward at all times, even if it's just the small things. So I'm very detail oriented that way. I love the experience. It's all about the experience, baby. Um, what would your, I'm just curious. Here's a fun little question. What would your tagline be for your brand and your life? Ooh. I'd really have to think about that. <laughs> Yeah. What if people, what if designers started giving themselves like a tagline that they had to put with their logos and everything? I'm just curious. Cause that's a good question. Nothing comes to mind right now. Yeah, other than I like, think about it. I do it for the gram. <laughs> Not really, but like do it for the to, experience. Yeah. I wanted to seriously be attached to my brand. So, you know how we have to write 30, 50 ideas. I would have to do that and, and find the, the sweet spot and all of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of get to copywriting. You'd have to write headlines for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Right now, the only thing that comes to mind is like, take a look. Take a look. (laughs) See something you like, speak up. I think it has to be some sort of sci-fi related. Like, you know how they say, may the fourth be with you. I feel like something, your tagline is going to be some sort of 
sci-fi quip. Light it up. Something. And that could like be it. With a favor. Or the gun or with an experience. We're going to light it up. Actually, light it up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you like your neon, so it kind of ties in. I, I could make go. that work, actually. Like, <laughs> there's... Oh, yeah, your logo animates. So it lights up. Yeah. Light it up. Um, there you go. Light it up, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Alliteration. <laughs> So, Logan, we have a closing question for you. This time I'm going to let you choose. Pick a number, one, two, or three. <laughs> Just because you're looking at the questions doesn't mean she's going to pick it in that order. <laughs> right. What kind of animal are you today? What kind of animal? Um. Okay, so... This is, hopefully this doesn't sound too cheesy. Probably a wolf. A wolf. Uh, I'm thinking about like this season of life right now. And we're kind of going through it with the circus and it's closing down. It's getting darker. It's getting colder. We're about to graduate. But like the wolf, it's both an animal that can operate in a pack. Right now we're very a tight knit pack of uh, circus animals um but it's also kind of solitary these last couple weeks uh, we've talked about it recently but we're not here as much we're not interacting in person as much Mm -hmm. so yeah there's kind of a dynamic of working within a pack and finding what your next pack is going to be and um, kind of that solitary exploration of like hey it's getting cold and dark outside but it doesn't mean uh, you won't survive the night because you're a wolf and you got all the tools you need. Well, Dag, I think that kind of ties into the closing remarks. So is there any sort of wisdom that you want to impart and leave our listeners with for those who are also getting started? Yeah. Um, work harder. Don't stop. Drink water. <laughs> and that's it. Do it for yourself. <laughs> all right, Logan, how can people get in touch with you? They can find me on Instagram. Um at Logan Balake. You can find me on <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, but most of all, check that website, LoganBlakeDesign.com. Yes, yes you they can. You guys can see how it's spelled on JGS Podcast Instagram. And yeah. And that's it. <laughs> that's all. Logan, it was amazing to have you on. Thank yes. you so much. Thank, Thank you. you guys. This is really fun. You've been great. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. (laughs) Bye, guys. Have a good week. See you next week. Peace. Toodles. We hope after listening today, you start comparing less and believing in yourself more. Trust that you're dope and share it with the world. You're going to inspire someone else who is also just getting started. They need to see it or hear it. Stay curious, my friends. Until next time. Peace. (laughs)